Don't they ever get tired of clutching their pearls? Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Week 129 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn. Welcome to the show. Sorry I had to give you a best of last week. Things kind of got away with me last Monday and I couldn't record. So here I am uh, with a whole fresh show this week. Going to talk to Janet Johnson in a little while. Uh, And on the other side of the interview, I'm going to talk about the Squid Game TV show that's on Netflix that completely surprised me. I won't talk about it now. I'll talk about it on the other side, on the exit side here. And the politics, there's a little little politics in it, um, I think. I think it's, anyway, it's deeper than it looks. Let's just put it that way. Um, But I got to start with the GOP and... Joe Manchin, and even some other Democrats just clutching their pearls because my former boss, Chuck Schumer, went to the floor of the United States Senate after the debt ceiling vote, which basically only extended the deadline till December, early December for the debt ceiling. And, and you know, Chuck went out there and basically told the truth, basically said that the Republicans were jeopardizing the global economy. And I don't think he said anything that was out of line. He actually was basically repeating what the Republicans had been saying all week. And now we're going to be in the same position again in six weeks. And you see Joe Manchin so dramatically put his hand, his head in his hand. And then Mitch McConnell comes out with a statement. I can't believe it. Oh, civility is dead. You think that's what killed civility? Go back and watch that speech that Chuck gave last week after the debt ceiling vote. You tell me one thing in that speech that was not the God's honest truth. That was not exactly what the Republicans were doing. You know, you're going to tell me that that's the problem on the Senate floor? Why? Because he's the leader of the Democratic Party? Why don't you tell tell me how you're feeling when Josh Hawley is on the Senate floor encouraging violence in school board meetings. Are you going to stick with that? How about when the number two House Republican goes on the Sunday shows and cannot even acknowledge that Joe Biden is the president of the United States? You want to talk about civility in this country? It starts with acknowledging the winner of the election. That's probably the first thing you got to do. Nine Republican senators on January 6th after the insurrection wanted to play the big lie game didn't acknowledge that Joe Biden was president of the United States. Quite frankly, to be a Republican in America right now means that you cannot acknowledge that Joe Biden is the duly elected president of the United States. That somehow, even though the Republicans controlled the courts, they controlled the state governments uh, in, in some cases where Joe Biden won those states like Georgia and Arizona, and even the state legislatures in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, somehow, even though he was out of power and those Republican states uh, confirmed the election, certified the results of their state, somehow uh, he was able to uh, finagle it so that it was cheated somehow. Give me a break. I'm tired of this nonsense. Stop grasping your pearls at nonsense, at nothing, at a senator standing up and telling the truth that if the Republicans continue to play this dangerous game with the debt ceiling, we will have a 
financial crisis the likes we have never seen in this world. It wouldn't just be the United States economy that crashes. It'd be the entire world's economy that crashes. And then you know what? Our economy is going to suffer double because we will lose our status as the reserve currency in the world because we failed to pay our debts. Go ahead, Mitch McConnell. Try it. And let me explain one other thing to you. They're not going to let that happen. The Republicans will get calls from their friends in the business community, from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, from other people who are concerned about commerce, and they will change their mind and they will give the votes. Or this will happen through reconciliation without them. But frankly, this is nonsense. The debt ceiling is not to pay for new spending. Stop conflating the issues. You want to talk about, I should be grasping my pearls. I should be clutching my pearls. Mitch McConnell, a man who's been in the Senate for 30 years plus, out there intentionally misleading the, the public about what the debt ceiling vote is about. It has nothing to do with the Build Back Better plan. It has nothing to do with the infrastructure bill that Mitch McConnell allowed 10 of his members to get on. No, it has mostly to do with the spending that the former guy did last year. That is what we are paying. That is what the debt ceiling authorization is going to pay. We shouldn't even have a debt ceiling in this country. It should be, you want to talk about spending? You want to fight it out about spending? I can respect that. I don't agree with you, but I can respect that that's the place to do it. But once the Congress, including you, Mitch McConnell, including your members last year who voted over, over and over and over again to spend countless amounts of dollars, most of it wasted by the former guy. No problem raising the debt ceiling the last four years. So now we're going to have a, we're going to play that chicken with the world economy just for power. I'm sorry. Don't tell me you were offended by Chuck Schumer and what he said. Tell me what he said that wasn't true. Because every single thing he said was the God's honest truth. And they can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. They really can't. They can't handle the truth. The Republican Party now is a party that wants to live in their own reality where they are civil on the floor of the U.S. Senate because they never say anything. Give me a break. There are members in that caucus, the Republican conference, I guess, in the Senate that voted to overturn the election based completely on a lie. And they know it's a lie. I mean, Trump had his rally in Iowa and even Chuck Grassley goes to that rally. Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, who, by, by the way, berated Chuck, 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 berated Trump after the election last year. But now everybody's got to kiss his ring. Don't these people understand that if Trump becomes president and becomes a tyrant, which I think he will, if he ever becomes president again. Don't you think he won't really care that you're a senator? Tyrants don't care that you're a senator, Chuck. And Chuck Grassley's 88 years old, running for a six-year term. And it's only 95 at the end of his next term. Great. Hoorah. <laughs> That's amazing to me. I don't know who the Democrat is running against him. But uh, I would imagine that that person, you know, this guy was in the Senate probably when this person was, you know, an early child anyway, teenager maybe. I think they should run ads just showing 
you know, what the this guy was doing with this guy, what the Democratic opponent was doing when Chuck Grassley was first elected to this. And I will find out who that person is. Don't write me. I'll know by next week. And maybe I'll, I'll mention him or her. Um, because frankly, 88 years old, I, I think that's enough, right? I, at some point, there, it's got to be enough. You're not going to live forever. Dianne Feinstein, same to you. Uh, Justice Breyer. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have hung it up when Obama was president and she could have, you know, had that seat filled. Sometimes it's time to hang it up. And unfortunately, these people think that they're going to live forever. And they can't imagine spending any time not having a job of importance. I, for one, and I say this every week, I'm looking forward to when I retire. When I retire, I am not going to be doing this podcast anymore, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I mean, it's many years away, so don't worry. Uh, by then, there, there'll be some other format. It won't be podcasting. It'll be something else that beams right into your skull. Um, and I, I probably won't be able to do it in my office. Uh, so when I retire, that's it, man. I'm going to go skiing if I could still ski. Uh, I'm hoping I could retire young enough where skiing is still a, uh, an option for me. I'm going to maybe do an Ironman triathlon. I, I'm going to do things I like that are not stressful. I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to be an 88-year-old running for re-election. I guarantee, first of all, I'm never running for office ever. But if I had office, I'm not going to be 88 years old and running for another office. And in media, people don't want to see you when you're 88 years old unless you like won a Nobel Prize or something or you're some elder statesman or stateswoman, which I will never be. So, you know, they're they're not going to have room for a wise, you know, wise cracking pundit who's 88 years old. I, I doubt it anyway. So... I don't know. Who knows? By the time I'm 88, maybe 88 will be the new 40. So there you go. All right. Stick around. I've got Janet Johnson joining me right after this. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about the squid game. So uh, stick around. Janet Johnson is a regular to the Chris Hunt show. One of my good friends who I I, I can't even remember the last time I talked to her. Like she was having work done on her house. I, I, I don't think I've talked to you since April. Uh, no, which, that's not true. This is the longest stretch I think I've gone without talking politics with you. It's got to be four months at least. Oh, really? I, I didn't talk to you in July. I didn't talk to you in August. It's I didn't talk to you in September. I only did two shows in September because I kept losing my voice. Um, and um, yeah, here it is. It's October. So it's, you know. Yeah, I thought, you know, I just thought you didn't, you didn't love me anymore. Or, you know, it's that what we promised semi-boring America that we now live in, which, uh, you know, is good, right? Well, I, I mean, it's semi-boring, but there's still a lot of intrigue, right? I mean, we we right. have to get to the bottom of the coup attempt that happened during the former guy's presidency, or we're going to have another coup attempt. I mean, it, it is, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm reading this Senate Judiciary Committee report. I want this guy, Jeffrey Clark, dragged before Congress in freaking chains, I, I, I don't, you know, these, these people are going to ignore their subpoenas and they're going to try to go to court. Screw that. Send the U.S. Marshals, pick them up, put a collar around their neck and drag them into the chamber to freaking testify. Well, and Trump is telling them to ignore subpoenas, which is obstruction of justice. Right. You're not allowed to do that. And his lawyers are doing it, which is a great way to get disbarred. And America just doesn't seem to have a huge appetite for this story, which is incredible. And the media, I mean, you know, let's face it, you and I are both on TV. You know, we we get to talk about the things that sort of the networks want to talk about. Right. 
and they don't really want to talk about this. It's uh, it is unreal. I mean, it, it, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the papers of record had no front page stories about this, even though the Washington Post really broke the story. Yeah. this memo. They don't even want to tout their own story, which is it makes no sense. If you think Watergate was bad. This is an attempt to overthrow a free and fair election. A a, a real attempt. It wasn't just attempt. like some bumbling attempt as people think it was. We were basically, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, we were basically a, a, a hair away right. from losing our republic. Right. And their answer, the GOP answer, if they even acknowledge that this happened and these weren't just, you know, patriotic plans is... Well, he didn't do it, so you know he he should get credit. Yeah. The only reason he didn't do it is because his entire you know judicial team and his entire you know DOJ said we'll quit if you do this. Yeah, we'll quit, and you could be left with Jeffrey Clark. And let me tell you something: he was definitely considering that. Yeah. You know, you know, it was going yeah. through that little mind of that guy. Okay, well, yeah. I'll have Jeffrey Clark do it, and and you know that's a guy that nobody really knows this guy's name. I'm saying Jeffrey Clark. He was like the sixth or seventh level down in the Justice Department. He right. was and some another guy who might you know my brother went to Harvard. I I used to think oh people who go to Harvard are genuinely competent, smart people. Another Harvard guy who is clearly a criminal and and. Some sort of fascist. I mean, these people, we really, they need to be called fascists. They are fascists. They're fascists. And by the way, and, and, and I made this point earlier in the show, you really can't have capitalism and fascism at the same time for all you, you know, you know, blue, no, red-blooded capitalists out there. Right, right. They don't exist in the same place. No, the people who are, who, you know, when I was out campaigning for Andrew Gillum in Florida, who yelled at me that he's a socialist, they don't seem to have the same, you know, fierce reaction to open fascism. No, they think it's great because they think they're on the side of the fascists. This is the thing. They think this is we've gotten so crazed, Janet, that there is a group of people in this country who really these fascists could care less about. Yeah. That think that they are going to be the victors here, right? Because there's some sort of tribalism in this country, like it's like they're rooting for the Yankees or something. Yeah, they're rooting for the Yankees, and they want the Red Sox to die slow, painful, horrible deaths. And they, by the way, don't realize that we're all on the same team together. Right. So they're they're happy to sink the economy, even though that means sinking themselves. Right. They're happy to die of COVID because they won't wear masks. They won't get the vaccine. They don't even think people, you know, now they flip over the tents where you go for testing. Right. It's whatever kind of poison they're going to be fed by, you know, I mean, I'm, I know you're on Fox all the time, but I mean, a lot of it's on Fox. Yeah, and I've been then, doing Fox you know, and I've been I, I've been doing this new channel called News Nation, not to be confused with Newsmax. <laughs> Which isn't that where we met? Is that what we were? We met on Newsmax before Newsmax was Newsmax. It was like, yeah. it was just like this like weird kind of radio kind of TV thing going on. <laughs> It was weird, but I mean, I probably shouldn't reveal this because I'm maybe I was part of some sort of odd crime. But they would send this bizarre equipment to your house, dude. Did I, you get? I, I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I use that equipment to do my podcast. <laughs> I didn't know I used it too. It's I, high quality. Stuff. It's a Yeti, and it's, it's like Yeti. a great plug and play. 
USB micro. I'm not using that right now to do this portion of the show. I'm in my radio studio with millions of dollars of equipment. But I doubt you could tell the difference. No, the two- I have it at my office still. I mean, boxes of this stuff just showed up. Yeah. I, I, I just, what, is it Russian money? I don't know what it was. No, it was Chris Ruddy. I mean, Chris uh, Ruddy is the guy who used yeah. to own um, the National Enquirer. And yeah. he was literally a Trump buddy. And yeah, well, he had more money than he knew what to do with because I did was there's no reason to send me this stuff. That was for sure. It gives you an idea of the kind of corruption that, that you know, you deal with with these people. Not just corruption, but this idea that, you know, taxing you know, the top half of one percent would be a bad thing. Yeah. You know, when most of the people who act like it's a bad thing, I mean, you know, these are the people who would take $2,100 Regeneron, but they don't want a $20 free vaccine. Right. They don't want the free vaccine, but, that's you know, cheap. let me go Let me go get the stuff that's uh, used to deworm sheep. And while I'm at it, let me call you a sheep for, uh, for taking the vaccine. Like, that well, is crazy. I spoke to, you know, to someone, you know, I have clients and... I talked to people or potential clients, and somebody said that she was taking Invectrum because she just doesn't know enough about the vaccine. <laughs> right. I said, well, so could, tell me, how do you spell the drug that you are taking? Right. Oh, tell me well, how you spell, how spell it, it and how was it developed and what is the proper dosage for humans since it was developed for horses? <laughs> right. Well, if you don't know enough about the FDA, FDA-approved vaccine, you really don't know enough about this stuff. Right. But, you know, this is what we're dealing with, and, you know, we're supposed to reason and talk nicely with these people and not mock them, even though, you know, they're allowed to, you know, drive their cars through, you know, parades of people. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I can't get upset about people following Kristen Cinema into the bathroom. I no. just can't work. I, I don't I'm not I'm not worried about it. I know Kristen Cinema. I used to be in a think tank with her and I used to think she was too liberal for Arizona. I don't know what happened to her. It's Honestly, I used to think how are we gonna get her elected to the Congress in Arizona? Uh, I remember I met her when she was a state senator and she was running for Congress and I thought she was the most liberal person. She was the most liberal person at a conference of liberals. <laughs> okay. you know, kind of Green Party way, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't in the Green Party anymore. She but, was a Democrat, yeah. but she was wacky. Yeah. You know, the I just Green thought... Green Party, she, you know, mentality is, you know, very. it's like the Andrew Yang... It's like burn it all down. Yeah. It's really chaos is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, not long for this. She's not long for the Senate. This is this is it. She's a one and done. I think I think this is a one term senator and and it'll yeah, be a Democrat. A Democrat will get elected to that seat because that is a Democratic state now. Exactly. So, you know, unless they put in somebody who's going to go around overturning elections. I mean, this is the other right thing that we have to worry about is, you know, what's going to happen in Virginia in the gubernatorial I, campaign? Well, Are these you know, attorney generals. Do I have to worry about them now? Yep. In these states? It's it's yeah. a big it's a big problem. Uh, these crazy election laws and now all of these anti-democratic attorneys generals running around the countries and secretaries of state, people who will be in charge of the election, but really only want the elections to go the way they want them to go. Right. Small D democratic, right? Small D democratic. Small yeah. Democratic. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's overwhelming the amount, like, you, you know, I just, I don't want to have to worry again. You know, we've talked about this for six years or something, you know, the point of be living in a representative democracy is we shouldn't have to worry about the functioning of that democracy every day, you know, and yet we still have to because one party, there isn't really anyone in that party who I trust to, you know, make sure that they're as 
committed to democracy as the Democrats. Right. Even, you know, Liz Cheney doesn't vote for, you know, reform for elections and safeguards for elections. I mean, you know, we've we've kind of lionized the few people who aren't completely deranged. But, I mean, Mitt Romney's, you know, not our friend. No, I mean, he wouldn't vote for the debt ceiling this week. Give me a break. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, the fact that we have a debt ceiling is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like, why do we have to do this over and over and over again? I mean, when are we going to learn? You know, like our economy is the greatest economy in the world. We can be trusted to, you know, prioritize things, pay for them. And, not, you know, we don't worry about it when it comes to our military. And they didn't worry about it for four years under Donald we, Trump. We didn't worry about it till World War Two. Exactly. It was a pre-World War Two. It was like an isolationist compromise uh, because they were worried that we were going to spend all this money on the war that we right. weren't in at the time. So right. it became, it was like a compromise for us to, for Lend-Lease or something like that. No, and it's sort of like the filibuster. Now we act like this is like, was written on the Ten Commandments, and we can never change it because it's, you know, in that stone on the mountain that they brought down. And it's, they're not, you know, you don't have to have nine people in the Supreme Court. None of these things right. are written in stone anywhere. I mean, look, I don't want to change everything. I'm, I am kind of an institutionalist. I don't want to burn everything down. But if, you know, if the GOP are the minority party and they can stop us from just you know, paying the bills that they ran up right. for four years. That makes no sense. That does not, yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, we can't get ambassadors, you know, confirmed because Ted Cruz is, a, you know. I, I don't that. even understand that because we got rid of the filibuster for appointments. How right. is he able to block ambassadors in committee? This just doesn't make any sense to me. We should just bring them all up, you know, right. up or down vote. Be done with it. You know, you know I, it feels like when I was a little girl and I'd play a game with my brother who's five years older, and every time he would just make up new rules, and I had to keep trying to figure out what they are. Right. And that, you know, I could never win because he was smarter than I am and older, and he still is both of those things. <laughs> but why are we acting like the GOP or that, you know, are that way? I mean, I know, you know, Chuck Schumer's a friend of yours. I think, you know, there's some things he does that are great. He's kind of a weak sister sometimes. Well, you got it. You can only be as strong as the caucus will let you be, right? So he's got a couple yeah. of people, and it's not just Mansion and Cinema. There are a couple people in that caucus who are kind of old, Diane Feinstein, oh. uh, Mark Warner, who don't want to see the filibuster go away, and yeah. and and that's a problem for him because Chuck would get rid of the filibuster right now if he could. Yeah. And by the way, the reason why Mitch McConnell blinked. On the debt ceiling, and I brought this up on my show two weeks ago. I had Jim Kessler from Third Way on with me, and we were talking about this. And I said, if the Republicans refuse to do the debt ceiling, that is the excuse the Democrats need to get rid of the filibuster because the Chamber of Commerce would be for right. it, and that could get the, the, the Warners, the mansions, the cinemas off the fence on it and get rid of the filibuster. Yeah, I mean, I do think Manchin and even more so cinema... She's painted herself into a corner that it would be very hard to save face and get out of. Yeah. You know, she's kind of going to die on this cross, I think. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I hate to psychoanalyze her, but it's just she's just a contrarian, I, I you know, suspect. And she wants the attention. And she really, you know, like Biden said, tell me what you want. And she doesn't you have know, anything. She doesn't have an answer. They don't answer. She's like the and Joker. You can't. It's almost like talking to the Republicans. Right. To some extent. Right. Know? Well, it's like worse. It's like it's like the nihilists. She's a right. nihilist to some extent, right. which is I think Republicans, the Republican Party has been taken over by nihilists. And uh, I think she's kind of a bit of a nihilist. And that's really scary. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think in this country there are, you know, it's the same thing. You wonder, why does Andrew Yang, why does Yang need his own party? He can't even, you know... Yeah, good luck with that, Andrew. I mean, you, you were fifth place in the New York City Democratic primary. If there was ever a place for you, it would be New York City. You didn't. Right. You came in fifth, and you spent almost, you probably spent more money than anybody on it. Yeah. And I don't even understand Andrew Yang. I actually was having this conversation with a friend of mine. I thought he was, like, super rich. No, I know. He's not super rich. In fact, I think I'm as rich as him, and I, I don't even consider myself rich. No, we're rich. I know someone on Twitter, I said, what exactly is he good at? You know, what is, what's his accomplishment? Yeah, what's his claim to fame? Where does he even come from? Well, I know. I thought he was like a Silicon Valley millionaire. Multi- no. I, I said to her, well, he's worth like $100 million. He's like, no. no like 100000 No, I know you Google him because someone said, yeah, his accomplishment is making money. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I don't get it. I mean, I like when he talks about math and it's cute and everything. He makes a good commentator, but he is not ever going to be the president of the United States. He he should never be mayor of anything. Why doesn't he go run for the house somewhere, you know, or go run for local office? These people want to be the top of the, the food chain immediately. It's kind of ridiculous. Or teach economics at Cornell, because it's honestly what I think he's equipped to do. Right. Other than that, I don't see any other... No, he's he equipped to, to teach. Law, he could practice his yeah. life, I think, as a doctor. They could be a, you know, they could live in Brooklyn and have a nice life, but he's not going to be president of the United States. <laughs> no. You know, this is, the whole myth of him is so bizarre. It is very bizarre, and there are some people who just love him. And, well, the and, gang gang. Yeah, but, but they're the a very gang. small gang. You know, it's 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 not a huge gang. You know, it's kind of like Milwaukee Brewers fans. There's it's a the gang click. Yeah, there's some people who like the Milwaukee Brewers, but not a lot of people. Like you don't find Brewers fans everywhere, right? So you got a few quirky people who live, like you know, outside of the immediate Milwaukee area. And I know I'm on in Milwaukee, so and I'm sorry because I know you're having a great year, but you know, nobody's rooting for the Milwaukee Brewers in my Texas market. Just for the record, no, they're, they're not the Manchester United. Of, yeah. Right. They're not the New York Yankees. Okay. The Yankees, so. you know, or the Red Sox. And I'm a, by the way, I'm a Red Sox fan. Ah! Get vaccinated already, people. Exactly. What, exactly, what exactly, exactly. I got to tell you, I am, I'm done with these people. I don't, I don't know what to say to them. I mean, I don't want to be nice anymore. I'm just like, you know what? Go crawl into a rock. You don't want to oh. be part of society. Just get uh-huh. vaccinated, all right? I mean, people have been getting vaccinated in this country for all sorts of things for all sorts of years. And I'm sure you're going to a deli and ordering, uh, you know, a salted cure meat that you have absolutely <laughs> no idea where it came from or what's in it. I No, I had, I required people in my office, you know, to get vaccinated and I gave bonuses. I did a whole, you know, I threatened and I coerced. Right. And, you know, one, and I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't IBM, you know, it's not an office like that size of a, of a company like that. It's only a few of us. But, you know, one employee said, I'm very careful about what I put in my body. I said, oh, are you still smoking cigarettes? Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're not. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this is, what you're, you know, you're talking. To- so, so tar is okay is what you're saying. <laughs> tar is okay, but an FDA approved vaccine that could save your life is not okay. And, you know, you have taken, did you ever get polio? No. You know why? Because we all got vaccinated. One employee actually then revealed that her children, one of her children at least, was not vaccinated for childhood diseases, which then, you know, opens a whole other question. But now when you point this out, you know, in states where they're trying to say you cannot, you know, require vaccines for COVID in the middle of a pandemic, 
And when people point out, well, you do, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, you do actually require them for measles and diphtheria and, you know, whatever childhood diseases. Now they're going to, you know, Florida, now their answer is, well, we're going to look into maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Unbelievable. It is, un- they're not smart and or good people. I mean, you know, we, and that's the only thing you can, can I say. Can I tell you something? There's a gubernatorial election there next year, right? I hear his popularity is dropping like a rock, right? But, you know, I also feel like, you know, to my Florida audiences, and I have five stations in Florida right now, okay? Let me explain something to you. To the Republicans who are listening to my show, your vote doesn't count anyway. Stay home. (laughs) Just stay (laughs) home. It's all a rigged game anyway, Republicans. Stay home. The Democrats need to be made. That needs to be the, there needs to be at least five major Democratic PACs pushing that stupid freaking nonsense. Yeah, to them. well, <laughs> you know, the pro, you know, I'm a, I live in Florida. I was going to call myself a Floridian. I wouldn't go that far. I live in Florida. And our, the Democratic Party is not good here. We do. We just don't have our act together. We never do. It's been they like never this. do until they do. No party ever has their act. Like I, you know, I grew up in Suffolk County, Long Island. Yeah. And when I got out of college and I started to run for office as a Democrat, we weren't winning anything. Now we control everything, just about everything on the local level. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the reason for that is the party got good. And and now the Republicans are saying the same thing that we used to. Oh, what's wrong with my party? Why can't we win, you know, a county seat? And, and, you know, until they do, and then they win it, and then it's like a genius, right? The person's a genius. I, that's the way I feel about it. Well, I, I hope that that's true, and, you know, we... we the leaders are, you know, sort of now we have a former Republican as our state leader. So, I mean, and maybe that's maybe that's not a bad thing, you know, and Charlie Crist is a former Republican and he may become our governor again. Right. Which is fine with me. He was a good governor before. I, know, I didn't have anything bad to say about him then. And, and you got a good Senate candidate, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, I mean, she's going to she's great. And and Charlie Crist isn't the only you know, candidate, I think Nikki Fried is great. I mean, I, I do think we have potential. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't really understand how DeSantis, you know, won to begin with. I know. Neither do I. Well, I, I'll tell you how he won. Racism. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a very close election and in a very close election, you know, I don't think that everybody was racist in that, you know, but, you know, one, it was a, what, a 1% election. Do you think 2% of the people out there didn't vote for him because he was black? I, I don't know. I think that's yeah, probably I mean, legit. Bill Nelson lose, although again he, he was pretty weak as a candidate this time. But yeah, I mean, I worry that somehow things in Florida, you know, no matter what, no matter how bad. I mean, it's kind of like you know, you look at England, you think, how is Boris Johnson still prime minister? It's sort of the same thing here. I mean, how bad do you have to be? I mean, look at Texas. Right. You know, People in Texas do not want to get bounties for reporting women for going no, to the doctor. No. I mean, that's not a popular idea, but it doesn't stop them. And now it turns out it's not a legal idea. No, it's a ridiculous thing. And, and you know, I, I don't know how any court, I can't believe the Supreme Court punted on it. And quite frankly, I'm glad they did because they made themselves a, an issue in the 2022 right. midterms and in the 2024 right. election now. I mean, you can't well, deny right. it. Anymore. And their punting was based on the logic that the federal judge who just overturned it said it's the most cynical, sort of diabolical, you know, the very strong dicta that this law was designed to make it somewhat appellate proof. Right. Know, it's not the government acting, it's individuals acting against each other. But you're not even allowed to do that. 
Like that in and of it itself is, is ridiculous. It's nuts. But then what? But is it's not a per se constitutional violation when it's a citizen doing it and not the government. I mean that this you know. And now instead of you know papers and media saying oh, this is a terrible law, it's the guy who wrote the law is some sort of, you know, diabolical genius for coming up with this idea, right? Right. And the Supreme Court kind of said, yeah, we actually think that is a pretty smart thing because we don't want to touch it either. We're going to punt because you decided to write this law in a clever way, even though it bans abortion at six weeks, which is definitely a violation of Roe. Right. And well, now the Supreme Court is going to be on record, this Supreme Court, as to what they think about Roe. It's going to be, I'm telling you, they're going to overrule Roe. They're going to, they're going to overturn it. Roe is going to be gone by June. And while I hate that, uh, it'll be the best thing for the Democrats in the midterms. (laughs) I mean, it just, it'll be, it'll be a firestorm. And by the way, if it's not a firestorm, um, I, I'm really worried. (laughs) Uh, Well, I do think, you know, people, you know, Someone who works for me who, you know, when Trump won and I was, in, you know, so dismayed and she's like, no, JJ, it's going to be okay. I'm like, it's not okay. You know, Roe will be overturned. She said, no, they can't, they can't do that. It's very popular. Yeah, no, they don't care. Republicans don't care about popular. They're the minority. Right. And they're the minority even amongst themselves. Like their issues that they really care about are not popular among Republicans when you spell out the issues. Even gun control. I mean, you know, this week, yesterday, day before, there was a school shooting in yeah. Texas. And doesn't even red. We don't even talk. About no, it. no. There, there were there are guns in the schools of Texas, and there were kids having a fight, and they decided to shoot each other. I mean, it's it's all American. Yeah. Why are the Democrats so bad at getting things that America loves put into law? <sighs> I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, it's not necessarily their fault because on the Sunday shows and, you know, the places where people hear about things, you know, they've got four Republicans. You know, they don't they don't put people on who could you know, deliver that message. I actually think Biden works pretty hard. I mean, he's in Chicago, you know, talking about Build Back Better and vaccines. I mean, he is working that really hard. But, you know, I just, I don't see that covered, you know, as zealously as, you know, cinema and mansion are covered. And, you know, I just, I think Democrats, you know, we could cure cancer. And, you know, instead of talking about how we cured cancer, it would be how much did it cost to cure cancer? And were 100% of the Democrats involved in the cure for cancer? Right. You know, we don't get the benefit of, you know, it's not even doubt. We don't get the credit that Republicans get just for not, you know, peeing on themselves, right? I mean, all all they have to do is, you know, walk. Yeah, if they act like normal human beings... They get praise for it. Like Liz Cheney is getting praise for saying, yeah, no, Trump lost the election. Right. 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 Every news outlet wants to praise Liz Cheney. I give her some credit for standing up to her party, but that while it's not a popular opinion within her party, it is the truth. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. It's not just, you know, we do it ourselves. I mean, I see Democrats, you know, you know, the Lincoln people, they're great, the, whatever we're calling, you know, the sort of Lincoln Republican people who supported Democrats. But, you know, I I prefer Democrats, right? I mean, I don't, I, we kind of bend over backwards to embrace people that, you know, they're just doing kind of the minimum. I mean, and, and I'm, again, I'm not, I think what they did was great in the election. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, you know, I'm not 
going to contribute to Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney? No, I'm never going to. First of all, I'm never going conti- to contribute to Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney. I am happy with the Lincoln Project. I, I love Steve Schmidt and what he's been saying the last couple of years. Yeah. I blame him for Sarah Palin. I think he's taken. I think he's made up for it. Uh, but I mean, Sarah Palin is what really started all this nonsense. Right. But he left the party, right? I don't think he identifies as a Republican. No, he left the party. Right. And that's, see, I, I mean, I think that's totally different because, you know, it's like Charlie Crist. You're, you're a Democrat now. I mean, he, he went through a couple iterations. Then he was an independent. Now he's a Democrat. But if you're still, you know, identifying yourself as a Republican, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, my hometown where I grew up, Stanford, Connecticut, Bobby Valentine is running for mayor. And I'm kind of apoplectic about it because he's a Trumper. I mean, he's definitely yeah. Republican, but he's running, you know, as an unaffiliated. He switched in April of this year. Right. Well, you can't get elected to, in Stanford, Connecticut. You know what? I I would bet. Well, not with not not as a Republican, but as an unaffiliated, well, he might. Right. And but he's he's a Republican. His ads are good. Switch his April. ads. His ads are good. His they slogan. Are, his I, slogan I, is "We're in it together," and which I've been trying to get somebody who I'm close with, who I don't like to talk about on the radio yeah. uh, to use as their slogan. <laughs> Cause but I think you know it's what? a damn good slogan. Together, Cause he, he's, he's, he voted for Donald Trump. I, mean, I, I got it. I look, we know it's bad, but his political campaign has actually been really good. And well, I'm sure, I'm you know, sure. looking at it as a political strategist as I am, uh, I, his opening ad was brilliant, frankly. But that just gets my goat that again, uh, you know, we're going to buy into that? I mean, No, I, I, I'm not going to buy into it, but if he wins, well, you know, look, you can't govern as a Trumper in Stanford, Connecticut. You'll get destroyed. Well, there's not, I mean, you know, basically you're just, you're trying to keep the mall open, right? Like that's right. you really have to do in Stanford. <laughs> but, you know, which is not an easy thing because they're losing a lot of stores. But, you know, he was going to be Trump's ambassador to Japan. Yeah. Guy, you know, he wasn't repulsed by four years of Trump. He wasn't even apparently upset enough in January at the coup attempt. It wasn't until April when he was going to really run that he switched. Yeah. You know, again, yeah, I, again I, I agree with you. I don't I don't understand how good people and there are some good people still in the Republican Party are still having that R next to their name. I mean, if you don't believe that, if, if you know, if you don't believe that they've gone off the rails, I mean, the fact that they threw Liz Cheney out of their leadership in the House of Representatives for the for the crime of saying that Trump lost the election. Well, why is she still a Republican? I don't understand. That's- I don't understand why she's still a Republican. I mean, you know, I guess she she feels it's my party. How how are they stealing it from me? I'm Dick Cheney's daughter, right? I mean, well, I think there's some of that going on with her. Yeah, but, I mean, Germany was was my relative's country. Right, <laughs> right, right. It wasn't. Right, me left. too. And now they're alive, right? <laughs> right, right. There's some I, element of self preservation. And dignity. I often I often talk about why aren't these people walking away? Like, why is Lisa Murkowski still a Republican? She is not even endorsed by the Republican Party in her own state for reelection. Why are you still a freaking Republican? You're not endorsed by them for the because you voted to impeach to remove. Well, In my dreams, it's people like that that switch so that we can actually, you know, because just having again, when you're a Democrat, just being in the majority is not enough. No. Right. We have to be in the majority. We have to like spot them 10 seats. You know, I mean, it's some insane, you know, cooking of the book. Yeah. Democrats. But, you know, part of that. So we talk about why can't Democrats, you know, get credit. You know, we do have to kind of be it not as jerky as Republicans are. But I mean, we do need to, you know, if I see 
the leadership, and I don't think Pelosi does this so much, but, you know, they praise these Republicans and they talk about these, you know, halcyon days right. when we all play softball together. And you know what? Screw that. Yeah. I, I, there's no there's no more relationship. It needs to stop. We need to, you know, we need to move away. And people who are good, who believe in the republic as it is, the, the small R republic, need to leave the Republican Party. Because the Republican Party that exists right now is leaning towards fascism. They are leaning towards... I think they're toward- there. I mean, is it a lean? I think they've embraced it. Yeah. I, know? Think- I mean, it, when you are not unilaterally, you know, everybody horrified that what happened January 6th happened. I mean, they just are... You know, there isn't any kind of ignoring it. They have embraced it if they're at the point where, I mean... These people would still support Donald Trump. They they're going to support. They're they're begging for his endorsement in many cases. But they're begging for him to be president again. Yeah, I mean, it's not just you know oh he's still a, a you know a figurehead you know the way like you know uh, I don't know Jimmy Carter you know I mean somebody who was you know an elder statesman at this point or right. Mondale right they want him to be president in twenty twenty four and. You know, I, I'm ambivalent about whether we should be panicked because, again, I don't want to live four years worrying about it, and I don't want to retweet things about him and, you know, talk about, you know, I get enough emails, you know, from Democrats, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and I don't, I'm tired of it. Right, me too. It is ignore it at our peril as well, right? So somewhere in between is the answer. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, we have not learned the lesson, America. No. No, we haven't, and we, we really need to. And if we don't learn the lesson, he's coming back, and we're going to be in trouble in this yes. country. Um, I, look, I first of all, I think that he would lose re-election, but for the ability for them to cheat, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I just... I. I don't understand how a party whose message right now is you can't trust voting asks people right. to come out and vote. I don't know how those two things work together. I, I, I think what happened in Georgia is going to be happening on a mass scale in 2022. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm looking I forward to see what happens in Virginia where it's close. But yeah. uh, but I, I think we're going to win Virginia easily. And I think the reason we're going to win Virginia easily is a lot of Republicans don't think they need to come out and vote because what, why bother? It's rigged. No, Janet, no. but Janet... Oh. I'm out of time. Oh. Where do you want people to follow you? Uh, well, Twitter, J. Johnson Law. Instagram, not so much. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't have two puppies like you do. <laughs> um, and uh, HLN on the weekends. There you go. Janet Johnson, it is always a pleasure, and thanks for joining me. All right. I, I love talking to Janet. I hope you enjoyed listening to Janet and I talking politics. We are always on the same page, her and I. Um, and she makes me think, often about issues I'm not really thinking about. But I want to end the show talking about uh, Squid Game. I uh, was turned on to it by a friend who told me he couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, well, it looks kind of like, it kind of reminded me, you know, the previews you'd see on Netflix kind of looked like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Running Man, that I think he made in the early 90s or the late 80s. I can't remember which. Richard Dawson <laughs> was in it. It was just kind of like a more modernistic looking version of that. But it turned out, um, yes, it was definitely gory. And yes, there were definitely parts of it that were a little frivolous. But it turns out it's deeper, right? It's like, I have to rewatch it. And I'm going to rewatch it. I think I'm going to rewatch it in Korean with the subtitles on. I watched it dubbed uh, the first time. 
But I mean, it's really about desperation and greed and excess, right? What will people do to escape poverty? What will people of means do? I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I'm sure that there's no place in the world where this is happening. And I, I'm not trying to say that anybody's doing this anywhere. But, you know, I mean, what would you do if you had a family and you had no money and you were deep in debt and you had all these problems that these cast members had? And, you know, these complex relationships that were going on within this game, it was it was good. I think it was well done. It was worth the, uh, I don't know, there were nine episodes. I'm thinking I spent about eight hours watching this thing. I, I binged it over the weekend. My wife was away. She was in Savannah in Georgia. And um, I had the TV to myself, and this is not something I think she would have watched. And I watched it. She probably would have watched it now that I, you know, now that I think about it, because it was a lot more complex than than the uh, the previews of it on Netflix explained. But uh, you know, look, I mean, I enjoyed it, and, and and let me just point out that my wife went to Savannah in Georgia, in the South, and. Over the weekend, the former guy had his rally, and lots of people at that rally were talking about civil war, and they want to see a civil war between blue states and red states, or maybe just have two countries. I like going to the South. I mean, the last trip I took before COVID was to Tennessee, Nashville, great city. I've talked about it on this show. In fact, I did podcasting there. I did uh, multiple podcasts while I was there, and I put them all into this podcast two years ago. It was almost two years ago to the date now that I was in Nashville at Politicon, something that I'll probably never come back. I love going to the South. I love Virginia and Georgia and Texas. I love these places. I love the people there. I don't understand their politics. I really don't. I, I... I I know a lot of people in the South that are good people that are just wrong politically. And they're believing things that they shouldn't believe. And and clearly there is masses of people down there that just want to believe lies told by liars. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why it is that you see that kind of politics down there. Now it's changing. I mean, Georgia clearly is changing, right? It was always a pretty close state. It's clearly a 50-50 state, jump ball state. They're putting in laws to try to make it harder for traditional Democratic constituencies to vote. But that ain't going to work. What worries me, what worries me the most is the laws they put in place that allow the legislature to change the results of the election. That worries me. I don't like their suppression laws. I don't like them at all, but I can organize around those. And usually when you tell people they can't do something, they want to do it. Especially if it's their right, like the right to vote. Oh, you're going to tell me you don't want my vote? Oh, now I'm going to show you. And they're going to bring 10 friends with them. And they're going to wait in line for 10 hours if they have to which is ridiculous. We should have a 30-minute or less rule. I, I did that on a show once before. That's the Give me that one rule. That's what I want. That's what I want election reform. 
30 minutes or less, that the American people be guaranteed that they can vote in 30 minutes or less, that they show up and they vote. And everybody should get an hour and a half off from work and, or we should make it a national holiday. That's what I'm saying. 30 minutes or less. That bothers me. But I, I, I don't understand these people talking about civil. I, I don't want to not be welcome in Savannah or Memphis or Nashville or Houston. And I, and I don't want Southerners to feel unwelcome in New York. I, and, and quite frankly, I don't think it'd be a North-South thing. I mean, I, I got friends that live around the corner from me that have Trump flags on their lawns. I don't know if I'd call them friends, but I've, you know, people I know. There are people within families, my own family, that I disagree with politically. You're going to call for a civil war? What, are you going to attack your daughter? Because she decided to become liberal? Or she she, she, she is liberal? Your son? Because he's conservative? No way. So I don't think we're going there. I do think what Bill Maher said, though, uh, last Friday should haunt us all and that we should be really concerned. And frankly, I mean, he's been saying it. I've been saying it. It's a slow-moving coup. And, he's, and you know, the former guy is out there, you know, pushing that agenda. And now every Republican's on board with very few exceptions. And the ones who are the exceptions are getting thrown out of the party. So we need to be on guard for what's going on. All right, I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.